Matthew chapter 6, verse 36 through 38, New Living Translation, if you have a device. Matthew, 20, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, NIV. And Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, Passion Translation. Again, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 to 38, New Living Translation. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, NIV. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, and this is the Passion Translation. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused, they were helpless, they were bewildered, they were harassed, they were distressed, they were dejected, they were worried. Some in the crowd were hurting, some in the crowd were discouraged, some were weary, some were worn out, some were heartbroken or attitude broken and I'm quite sure that those adjectives describe some people who are in this room at this time they were like sheep without a shepherd he said to his disciple his learners the harvest is great but the workers are few so pray to the Lord Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 to 30 uh, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and are burdened, sounds like the crowd here, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, for I am gentle, I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, rest for your mind, rest for your emotions. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9 through 11, Passion Translation. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. Verse 10, as we enter into God's faith rest life. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works just as God celebrated his finished works and rests in them so then we must give our all we must labor we must make every effort we must exert ourselves we must do our best we must try as hard as we can we must study we must hurry up we must keep at it we must move forward and be eager to experience this faith rest life God is talking about so that no one fails or falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. I want to speak to you on a subject, just press pause. Just press pause. The, the pause is not going to press itself automatically you're going to have to, I'm going to have to press into pause. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30 
uh, Eugene Peterson's uh, version of the Bible, which you know more as the Meshes Bible, says this. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. This is the real. Jesus was the original person who said, go, go get your life. He said, get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you real rest. Verse 29, when he says, take my yoke upon you, Eugene, Dr. Peterson translates it to say, walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. I would advise you if you get an opportunity to, to read the Gospels and see how Jesus lived his life. Verse 30, he says, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely. Last week, uh, I, I made a confession that I, I am not really living in a place of resting in God. I, I admit it. Uh, in both services, that that I don't, I know I'm supposed to have joy, and that the joy of the Lord is my strength, uh, but I hadn't been experiencing joy lately, and the Lord said to me, that's because you have not learned how to enter into my rest. So this sermon, um, hopefully you'll get something out of it, but it's really uh, me Pursuing, how do I come to this place of rest that the writer speaks through about in the book of Hebrews, where he he basically says, "He who has entered into God's rest has ceased from his own work." In other words, uh, the place of rest is when I stop working so that God can go to work. And so, in order to the Bible says, "I'm." We, we sing that song, "I'm free indeed." Well, well, the Bible clearly says in John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36, that it's the truth that makes us free. So what the devil does, because the word Satan literally means um, a slanderer or a liar. The devil is a liar. John 8, verse 44, he is a liar. Okay. And so what happens is that we have to understand, as I said last weekend, the, the sermon was Labor Day. We have to we have to kill the lie, destroy the lie that the devil has planted into our heart. And this is the this is the lie he planted. He planted a lie that says, in order for us to receive the harvest that God wants to give us, we have to work harder. Turn your name and say, you're working far too hard. Really, what you're doing, we can get we we can we can point our fingers at the Jews who are trying to get in the Bible, who are trying to get saved, salvation, deliverance by works. But how many of you are working? Okay, this is a bad word right here. Some of you are fasting to get a blessing. And what that means is you're going on these extended fasts. You think you're spiritual, but what you're really saying is God I've given up food for 10, 15 days. You owe me. That's works. 
I'm not saying you shouldn't fast. But what I am saying, turn your name and say, you didn't say not fast. <laughs> Some of you are like, yippee! <laughs> no, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Chick-fil-A, here I come. <laughs> I'm on a Chick-fil-A fast. No, uh, no, 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 no. But there's a mindset that God, if I pray X amount of hours, you ought to do something for me. That's works. God, if I... If I go to church all the time and then some good things ought to be happening to me, that's works. But everything we receive is by grace. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10 or 11, he says, I am who I am by the grace of God. Everything I produce is the grace of God. Are you with me so far? So in order to receive, pass me that book. In order to receive, uh, and, and, and you need to, I was listening to, uh, anybody hear of Tommy Tenney? Tommy Tenney? He wrote the book, The God Chasers. Uh, I heard his mother speak. She's a bad lady. Ooh. And, and she said something, I think it was her, said something that struck me years ago. She said, we are receivers. We are receivers. And so when you are a receiver, you catch the ball, okay? Okay. You a receiver. You 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 catch the ball. You when you a receiver, okay? You catch the blessings of God. You, and so, what I mean, meaning that, how many of you know that as 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 good as Tom Brady is, and as good as as Stephen A. Smith says, that bad man, Aaron Rodgers. As good and accurate as they are, Jesus, God is the most accurate quarterback in the entire universe. Mm -hmm. Are you following me so far? And, 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 and as an accurate quarterback, he, he is going to make sure you receive what he has for you. Okay? Uh, could you, one of you sit over here that way? I won't confuse you. Okay, okay. So the good quarterbacks, the good quarterbacks, they're so accurate that, first of all, they're throwing the ball not to you. <laughs> they're throwing the ball to a spot where you're supposed to be. Mm. Mm. And that's why Tom Brady can have a bunch of who they wide receivers because the good quarterbacks don't need a Julio Jones. They don't need the top wide receiver. The good quarterbacks actually can throw you open. Any men know what I'm talking about? Okay, what does that mean? That means... Even when you're not open, they can put the ball in a place where only you can receive it. Meaning that they can literally throw you over. You can be as slow as molasses, but they can throw the ball in such a way that by the time you get to the spot, all you have to do is look up. Turn your name and say, that's you. 
There's no devil. There's no Satan. Satan's name literally in Hebrew means the opponent. There's nothing the devil can do to stop what God has for you to receive. All you have to do is look up. And turn your name saying, don't drop the ball. <laughs> now, one of the most successful pass routes for a football receiver, don't worry, this is not deep. One of the most extraordinarily wep extraordinary weapons that the wide receiver has, I'm going to have to, let me borrow you for a minute. It's called the back shoulder pass. Okay. And what the back shoulder pass is, it looks like this or that way. So say you are the quarterback. And so what happens is that this man is running this way. Are you following me? And the defender, because he is kind of leaning this way, the defender thinks that he's going to put your hands out. No, yep, he's going to receive the ball like this. And so what the defender does is he stands kind of on this side because he thinks that the ball is going this way. But the back shoulder pass is it, it's in the air, but instead of going this way, it goes to his back shoulder, his back shoulder right here. Okay, yep. And so that way what happens is that he catches it here on the back shoulder instead of here. Are you hearing me? He catches it here instead of here. Now, so that you, so that you can understand, could you uh, play the video? I think I have a video of it. You can sit down. Of, of what a back shoulder pass looks like. Okay, now you would say, what does that have to do with rest? Now watch this again. He's going to come like a wide receiver. See, he knows how to do this already. Now, as a defender, because he's looking this way, I think that I can come and intercept it and take his blessing. But instead, the quarterback throws it to his back shoulder. Are you following me? Where... Watch this, where only he can get it. Are you following me? Now watch this, watch this, watch this. What did he have to do to receive the ball? He had to turn. He had to turn. He had to change directions. He had to repent. Jesus' first sermon in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, he says, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, the problem with some of you is that you want a nice, comfortable pass, 
where you can just catch it in stride. And God's like, no, I need you to turn. I need you to change the way you think. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You know it pays to. I can't give you as much as Odell Beckham, but, you know, it'll, it'll do. God, see, this is not the blessing. This is the promise. Because the promise is as good as the blessing. Mark chapter 11 verse 22 to 24 says, have the God kind of faith. What's the God kind of faith? The God kind of faith is the same faith that God had in Genesis chapter 1 when he said, let there be, and it was so. Have the faith of God, verse 23 says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, and be removed, cast in the middle of the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, his attitude, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You say, well, what does all this turning and repenting and football and promises have to do with rest? Because in order to enter into God's rest, you and I are going to have to change the way we think because we think we're prone to the fact that, man, in order to make this work, I got to work harder. In order to help my children, I got to work harder. And so we become helicopter parents. Hovering over, trying to control things. Train there and say, you're a control freak. Some of you didn't turn there because it was your spouse. But anyways. <laughs> we have got to stop trying to do our thing. The Bible says, he who has entered into God's rest has stopped doing his own thing. And so we have to repent. Paul says it puts it this way in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Uh, be transformed, be changed. Why? By the renewing of your mind so that you would know that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. God's will always fills the gaps in your life. Good, acceptable, and perfect. Some of you are working yourself into an ulcer. You may say, I don't receive that. Well, then stop behaving that way. Like someone said to me, you know, uh, uh, I curse every calorie in this cake in the name of Jesus. You can curse all you want. It's going to find, a, it's going to, the calories are going to find a resting place. <laughs> Just press pause. And we're going to show you how to do it today. The word pause, there, there are three definitions for the word pause, and I'm going to go, I'm going to do one this week and two next week. But when Jesus says, come unto me and I will give you rest, this, this word rest is the Greek word ana, uh, 
excuse me, Anna Pao. I spelled it wrong. It's not Pasas, but it's Pao. P A U O. Pao. And it it is it is the word that this word Pao is the word that we get our English word pause. Are you with me so far? And this word Anna Pao means Anna means uh, in the midst of. It means between, but it also means up. Are you with me? It means in the midst of, in between, and up. And pao means to cease, to desist, to to restrain. I spelled the wrong. Restrain from doing, to leave off. So this word in a pao means in the midst of what's going on, stop. Or in the midst of what's going on, watch this, look up. This word rest means in the midst of what's going on, look up. Let me give you a definition here. The picture of this is the word Selah. Selah is mentioned 70 times in the book of Psalms. The, the word Selah is mentioned 73 times. 70 of those times are in the book of Psalms. Are you with me? In the book of Psalms. And the word Selah means, uh, uh, the Passion Version translates it, pause in his presence. The Hebrew word Selah, and I'm, and I'm just about finished here, it means to lift up, to exalt, it is a technical musical term meaning meaning to show accentuation, to show accentuation, to show accentuation. In that word accentuation, it is it, it is in that word accentuation is the word accent. Are you with me? So what are you saying? In other words, when we rest, are you with me? When we rest, we, we, in the midst of whatever we're going through, we stop and look up and we emphasize our praise. We emphasize our worship. Really, the Sabbath or the seventh day of rest, it is our, it is, it is a, it is a moment of worship. Are you with me? Sabbath really is a moment of worship. It's not a moment of chilling out. It's a moment of worship that says, that says God is sovereign enough that even though I have seven days to get stuff done, God can get my seven days stuff done in six days. And so I'll spend the seventh day worshiping him and blessing him to remind myself that no matter how hard I work, I can't make life work. But if I just look up and pause and worship him, he will do what I can't do. Some of you need a Selah moment. You're always thinking and working and, and trying to make it happen. And God is saying, I need you to, to, to come into a place of accentuation. I need you to have a certain kind of 
accent. You know, we were in the beach one time uh, last week uh, and and this woman, she was from Jamaica. And you know, Jamaicans, they don't pronounce their H's. Come here. He going over tear. What do we tear what? My point is, is that you could tell people by their accent. And you know, knows every time I travel someplace and I say, I'm from Boston. And back to Karen Harvard, yeah. Just kidding. Oh, only kidding, only kidding. I just... That's what I feel like doing, man. I don't do it. But I'll tell you something. I want to ask you, do you have a praise accent? Come on, help me out here. No matter what kind of accent you have, your accent will change to your original accent under two conditions. Can I get a witness? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. One is what? Huh? Well, oh, yeah, when you're angry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, that Bajan accent, that no Nigerian dialect, that Ghanaian. Yeah, they, they say Ghanaians are nice and comfortable, you know, soft, and then their language is like you know rivers that flow. But get one mad, get one angry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you get angry, or when you get what around family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Around family. So, so, so when pressure hits you. Do you have a praise accent? When pressure hits you, do you look up and say, but you are great. You do miracles so great. I'm not saying that's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. What I'm saying is that I have to literally stop. Have you ever had your mind going and you're ready to say something and the Holy Spirit just kind of grabs and says, stop! And you just stopped. He, thank you. He arrested you. And he, and he just said, look, look up. Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. Look to the hills from where cometh your help. My help comes from the Lord. That's rest. I stop, I look up, and I accentuate praise. I bless you. I honor you. I worship you. In the midst of my stuff, I worship you. And somehow, maybe my stuff doesn't change, but I get a better view. Any children in here that I can borrow that won't like lose their mind? Okay, thank you. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Thank you, Noah. Now, usually what happens with a child, okay, and then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to let the Sunday school children go, is that is, that is, you know, things are going bad, and they're crying, and what does your child usually do? The child seeks father, okay, and the child doesn't just stand, I need to go, father doesn't just stand. The child doesn't just stand and look. But what does a child do? Thank you. The child lifts hands up. 
And depending on how badly they want daddy, they lift their hands real high. They lift their hands real high. Yeah, real high. Real high. And then what does, now, and what does daddy do? Does daddy go, what are you crying for? What's wrong with you? Probably say, my dad did that, but no. <laughs> Be a man. No, no, all that stuff. <laughs> but the child, you got to keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Yeah, yeah, because you're desperate. And so the father takes a child. Are you following? Lifts the child up. And the child stops crying, usually. Okay? Okay, usually. Because daddy. Now, now, the father, the father, the father doesn't. Lift the child up like this. Are you with me? <laughs> I don't know what he did, but it must be cute. But the father lifts the child like this. And all of a sudden, the child... The child sees from the same perspective daddy sees. And dad's like, it's all right. It's all right. It, it's, yeah, it's all right. It's, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could tell you're Sean and Tiffany's son. Uh, <laughs> it's all, and, and that's what we need to do. Thank you, Noah. You know that was prophetic, don't you? You know that was prophetic. You know, know, know what Noah's name means? Rest. If you would look up to Father and say, I worship you in the midst of this stuff, I don't know when it occurs, but all of a sudden, I feel my spirit lifted up. And what was driving me crazy, bills and school and family, I start seeing things from his point of view. And I'm ready to move on because I have pressed pause and my point is sometimes you got to press into pause because the world is screaming at you handle your business and you got to press you got to stop and worship him and say you are my sabbath god and no matter i can't work any harder to handle this but i'll stop and worship you as a declaration that you are the sovereign God. You control everything, and the devil can't stop what you're doing. But you're going to have to turn. Because you've been trained so much to work harder, to make it happen. Study more. Handle your business. And the more you're trying to handle it, the worse it gets. But I'm, I'm, God has given us a new strategy. As crazy as it may seem, press pause and stop and say, I know it's not Saturday, it's Wednesday, but I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to look up and I'm going to use my praise accent and bless you and glorify you and worship you. Hallelujah. We press the pause button. We're going to let the Sunday school students and teachers go. Oh, there's not? Oh, good. I can keep rolling. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah, press play. Okay.
Well, that's what I'm, I'm at the end of my sermon. But, but this is what I want to do. I want to do something, okay? And, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how to do this. I had somebody in a dire situation yesterday, and I didn't know what to do other than to say, you know what? Well, I'm preaching, I'm preaching on press pause. And so I told the person, this is what I want you to do. I want you to just play worship music right where you are. And I called them back about five minutes later to see how they were doing because they were in a bad place. And I could hear their voice starting to calm down. And then they texted me later and they said, I'm all right. Situation didn't change. Their viewpoint changed. Instead of looking down in their situation, they looked up. And they were in daddy's arms and dad's like, see that? I got that. Don't worry about that. Don't let that drop. In fact, they can't get to you because...